This time a year ago, a lot of people had, uh, you know, as we always do, many goals. We have the New Year's resolutions. And one of mine, of course, was to relaunch my podcast. I'd taken a lot of time off. And I really wanted to keep growing the idea, expanding things. But I was doing it on my own. And I was going through some professional changes. And then this little thing kept going called the pandemic. And I decided that the best thing for myself and my family was to step back, even from the things that I was really passionate about. Fast forward until about September. And in that fateful month, I reached out to my dear friend, Al Coombs. And I said, Al, co-host with me on my podcast. And I'm so very grateful to say he's here <laughs> finally at last. <laughs> Alan Coombs, Al that Al guy. <laughs> Welcome to What's That Noise, man. You're listening to What's That Noise, the podcast that pursues matters of confusion, however, and whatever that means. It's funny because you, you, you in the intro, started to say that the pandemic was ongoing and you felt like it was important to step back. And now the podcast continues through the pandemic and we may have to step back again as the <laughs> omicron variant starts starts taking off yeah oh, we're getting started just in time to stop again i think oh yeah. right i i didn't even really think about this and, and i mean a big reason for not being able to continue the show i mean it personally it, it was a very emotional thing you have other things to worry about my wife and i were moving i right. already mentioned that i was going through some professional changes as right. well so that's enough to keep most people occupied but yeah if I'm going to do a show, even though there's a million digital platforms that allow us to reach out to our guests online, mm -hmm. I want to co-host with you in person, which is what we're doing now. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly, I don't know how people, you know, coming from a broadcasting background, hearing all of my old radio buddies that are still doing radio uh, right now, terrestrial radio, you know, you keep hearing them saying, yeah, we're co-hosting. I'm in my basement and she's in her basement and we're interviewing somebody <laughs> else in their office. And I, I, I like you lose that personal touch that I, I don't even know what to say. As the French would say, it's a certain I don't know what. Yeah, it, you, you just kind of miss that uh, that feeling of being able to feed off of somebody. Right. You can see their body language and where they're going with something. I don't know how people do it via Zoom or Teams or whatever link they're doing it from. I don't know how they do it. You hit the nail on the head in terms of why I really wanted you to come on and be the new co-host. Because you are an experienced broadcaster. Mm. But we've done a lot of broadcasting together before. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I'm thinking back to when we started doing this, and it has to be close to a decade ago, if you can really think about oh that. Oh my gosh. Jeez, yeah. You, you know, Well, I mean, you figure I, I haven't been in broadcasting. I left broadcasting at least four years ago. And when did you start? Oh my goodness. Um, in London? Uh, I'm trying to think where, where the move would be. The move would be about 14 years ago to London. Yeah. And so then another five years before that, uh, kind of working my way up. So or working my way up, working my way up to leaving, I guess. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, I mean, bro broadcasting is kind of like an old hat industry, right? Where you do, you have to pay your dues a little bit and sacrifice quite a bit. And, you know, I, uh, there is an HR department. It's mostly for show, you know, type thing. There's no unions or anything like that. You know, it's very old hat that way. Um, but um, yeah, yeah. So I, I figure I figure probably, yeah, about five years ago. But you're right. Going back 10 years ago, you and I would have started to do shows together and, and stuff like that on the old radio station. Yeah. So this was through for, you know, Londoners, Ontarians, Canadians in general. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't know, uh, there are a number of massive media conglomerates right, <laughs> in this country, right. just yeah. like anywhere in the world. Right. And Bell Radio happened to own the radio stations at a certain point in time. But right. you and I started working together uh, back when it was- I want to say it was a, still standard radio standard, at the time. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it a Strahl? Oh well. my goodness, you're right. Like, so you look, and, and I would have been hired by Standard, and then Astral would have bought it, uh, or, or they would have changed names, or I can't remember what happened there. That's right. Yeah. So it's been kind of a long, long yeah. list of names. Yeah. And, and when I, I started doing some uh, radio work with you, publicly speaking, it, it was in the capacity as like a guest speaker. So I would come on with you and Mike Stubbs. That's right. Yeah. In the afternoon, like the drive home show that you guys had. Right. And I would be on the radio for what, like 10, 15 minutes with you guys. Sometimes some I'd come in and call host. Yeah. yeah. And we'd spend entire afternoons on the radio together. Yeah. And that's how how you and I know each other. Well, right? and, and one of the things that, that I really enjoyed was you would kind of come in and you would be able to talk about, I, I mean, most of us know cybersecurity or um, uh, information, personal information being shared or something like that, we would lower it on such an eye level topic. Like we wouldn't get the behind the scenes. Yeah. We would we would say, okay, Facebook is bad at privacy. And we would say, well, I don't really know what that means. They're just bad at privacy. And, and one of the things that I would sit there and say, because it was an eye level, was you would come in and you would say, look at this. It's terrible. Look what they're doing. It's awful. And I would kind of say, is it? I, I'm getting advertisements that I enjoy now. Isn't that good? And, you know, you would sit there and say, Al, you're missing the point, you idiot. What are you doing? I foresee that there will be times in this podcast together right. where you pull at the old, let me play devil's let advocate me- here for a second. <laughs> This may have happened once yeah. or twice. And you would just see Tom's blood boil. <laughs> Let me play devil's advocate here for a second, Tom. Al, I hate you so much. In the CJBK <laughs> yeah. and like the AM1410 recording booth. Yeah. We had Nick Chinovsky sitting on oh, the other right. side of the, the glass. Oh, God, I miss Nick. We'd have yeah. Carmi Levy come in yes. once in a while. Yeah, and, and Carmi, of course, one of one of these IT, brilliant IT brilliant analysts. Guy. Yeah. And such a great speaker, too. I, I agree. And, and uh, uh, it was like... Like you guys telling me all of the terrible things that I'm missing and you privacy advocates trying to get us to understand. <laughs> and of course, you guys are bombarding me with all this great information. And of course, I'd open up my big yap and say, let me play devil's advocate here for just half a second, guys. And both of you guys are just kind of like, we're going to kill him after this show. No question. <laughs> we're going to beat him up. Leave him. Leave him in an alley. <laughs> oh, those were such fun times. Yeah. I'm, I'm really grateful that we can continue some of that, but you know, obviously in a different format. Well, and, and, and I think one of the things that I really enjoyed doing with you, uh, it, I mean, we all know that in radio, we play these characters, right? Where, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, the golden rule was always try to be 90% yourself, 10% show in, in radio, right? So I was genuinely curious about, of course, everything you, you, you were talking about, but it was never my job in talk radio to, it was never my job to always just say, all right, and let's come to a resolution and let's all be peaceful and, and, and things like that. It was always my job to say, let's have a conversation. And, and sometimes I had to pretend like I was on a different perspective or a different point of view, uh, just to kind of keep the conversation moving along and just to, to kind of keep things moving along. And so it was always, it's always funny now, like I'm petrified now that I'm going to run into somebody who, you know, thought that I was way out of line on something and not understand, well, no, I took that 
perspective to keep a conversation rolling, you know, like I don't believe that we should all give up our private rights and and things like that. And uh, so I'm always I'm always worried that I'm going to come across one of those people in my everyday life and and just all of a sudden come out and say like, hey, I got a bone to pick with you. And I'm like, oh, God, what did I say? Oh, my gosh. But, you know, you kind of sold my sold a piece of my soul for this. Right. Um, but one of the things that I always enjoyed along with that was it allowed me to kind of for lack of a better term, translate to uh, what what both you, uh, especially you would come on and you would say, here's all the scholarly stuff that that we know about in the background and everything like that. And me being able to kind of take that information and say, what's a more tangible way for an audience to kind of understand it, right? Which is what I'm hoping the podcast continues to continues with is you being a doctor and, and all of your connections with uh, uh, with, with the academic world, um, unfortunately, we and, and we see this all the time just here in London when one of the three big hospitals releases information on research that they're doing, and really what they need is people to translate. All right, what does that what does that have to do with the price of eggs, right? And so that's kind of the way that I I, I see things kind of hopefully unfolding over the next while with the podcast. I think this is hitting very close to toward precisely why I wanted you to come on. It was certainly one thing for me to walk into a radio station in London, Ontario on a Friday afternoon and talk about theory. Right. Which is not an easy thing to do for a big public audience. You have right. people driving around their cars. Yeah. Nobody really ten, wants I, to hear about I, cybernetic theory. I, I, I right? got 10 minutes of that conversation <laughs> and I missed the other 25. <laughs> yeah. And so why that was such a great challenge for me as a, as a scholar was because I really had to focus on being accessible. Right. And I think that's why that devil's advocate thing that you always did, right. did so well, right. was so fruitful. And I, I think back now, almost 10 years later, if you can really believe it, I've learned so much about how that thing that you did was effective. But as I get older, I have to say, as I become more experienced as a researcher, as a public speaker, that I am less convinced about what it is that I see in the world. Mm. I am less certain that the way I analyze something is spot on. I've never seen myself as a voice of reason, and I, I, I frankly despise being being told that. That's come up a few times when right. we've talked to people who listen to us right, 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 on right. CJBK in 1290. And as ingratiating and as endearing as it is, I think a hallmark of uh, the scholars that I really admire the most is their ability to sit back and say, well, you know, the things that I've learned over the year still are, you know, bound in very specific ways of seeing and being aware of that, being reflexive, being able to step back and say, there's still a lot I don't understand. Right. That excites me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited to keep going with what's that noise. There's something about noise, Al, that always reminds me that there's always going to be a perspective that I don't have, mm -hmm. that there's always going to be an uncertainty. There's mm -hmm. always going to be a tension and a discomfort in anything that I'm analyzing. And that is kind of like a reminder to me to keep talking to people and perhaps to say, we might not always have the answers and that's okay. Well, what what a fascinating way of looking at that. I, I can I can actually remember, I, I was having it out with uh, a gentleman um, we just had such different ways of looking at a situation. And um, I, I, I was called every name in the book, uh, of course, you know, like I like I pointed out, sometimes people call you not to say, hey, great job. People call it a stripper. For, for the record, I, I've heard a caller <laughs> yeah. live on a show in the past. It was right around the time of the, 
the last Syrian refugee flow oh, crisis yes. oh, my call gosh. you a terrorist sympathizer. Yeah. Because you interviewed the head of United Nations. Um, it was either um, immigration or right. human human resources or something. UNHCR, I think it was. And, and we were talking, I remember that conversation very well because we were talking about, uh, because at the time, the Islamophobia, especially in London, was reaching a peak. And part of the issue was that people were assuming for some reason, there was a large group of people that were assuming uh, that all you had to do was write on a piece of paper that you were a refugee and then you just walked right into Canada, which, of course, wasn't the case. We know that there were checks and balances and uh, what was the it's an awfully um, uh, it's an awful way of phrasing it. But Canada was getting somebody in politics had said Canada's getting the best of the best of the refugees, like they're handpicking who's coming in and type thing. Not, not to say that there were mistakes or anything. Yeah, but that, that 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 person called in and was furious, just furious that that I would I would try to have this conversation yeah. and, and things like that, right? But but no, I, I mean I, I think that it's important to uh, uh, just to your point. I think that it's very important that we recognize that there are going to be situations and different ways of analyzing it, uh, different ways uh, based on a personal perspective of of a situation um, that, uh, and, and then even going into our background, the way that we were raised, that influenced the way we analyze things. And uh, there was a study, I, I want to say it was Western University, somebody somewhere from Western University that um, that I interviewed as well, way, 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 way back, who was talking to me about the, the reason that so, so many people believe different conspiracy theories. And one of the reasons is, and they're not sure why, but in their brain, they've learned something. And to unlearn something is virtually impossible. And uh, they were, th this, uh, uh, the, the person who I was interviewing uh, saying, based on all of our research, once somebody has that based as a core belief, it's almost impossible to have them erase that as part of their core belief. So if somebody grows up, and I'm just picking politics here, but with core beliefs of conservatism, and, and they say the conservative party is the greatest thing, then not only is somebody that comes in with a liberal perspective going to irritate that, but now you're looking and saying, I don't even understand where this person's core beliefs are. So now you villainize it and say, this person is obviously an idiot. They don't understand. They couldn't possibly figure it out. They're dumber than I am. And now you have to worry about not just battling the education, but then you have to worry about saying, well, hold on here. I'm not saying liberalism is, is better or that voting NDP is, is the savior or anything like that. Let's at least try to understand what's going on here, and but and, and that that to the point is is very very difficult to do. Is, I wonder if that's what was happening with this guy that you were you're clashing with. I interjected a minute ago with the Islamophobia reminder right. from yeah, yeah, days yeah. back when we were on uh, CJBK. So when did it end up happening with that? I'm curious. Oh, I, I mean, I I do. Uh, uh, they they all usually end the same. Uh, I, there was a, a caller named Derek who just hated me, and uh, I thought that I was the stupidest person in the world. And it went back to a misunderstanding that that he had, thinking I didn't understand the royal family or that I was making fun of the royal family, which actually wasn't the, the case or oh. the point of what I was doing. So now this person has just decided I'm an idiot and they hate me. And so anytime I made a comment that they could one-up me, they would just call and say, you're an idiot. Don't you know this, 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 and this? And they, they almost kind of have an argument in their head while they're listening of of 
I know this person's an idiot. I'm waiting for them to slip up and I've got my argument ready. All right, that's close enough. I'm calling with and and so my guess would be that this particular person um, had read an article or something about that of people secretly getting into Canada, um, heard me say that, no, no, there's checks and balances to make sure the people coming into Canada are are safe and wanted to say, but I've got all this information that proves you wrong. So therefore you're an idiot. I'm smarter than you. And here's all of the information. And I mean, at the end of it, you can't talk them out of it. It's not like I'm in a, a, a even a seven minute segment. I'm going to sit there and say, this is my information and my information is better than yours. And, and for lack of a uh, lack of a better term, I'm not sure better is even the right word. It's different than yours. And yeah, you just kind of put your head down and just say, at some point, we just got to agree to disagree. And uh, like I said, I'm not in the, the, I'm not in the business of convincing anybody. I'm in the business of starting conversations and here's a perspective. And that's kind of the way that I, uh, unfortunately just kind of let it go and let people, let people disagree with you. It seemed to me that this individual was one of the many who have learned over the years through, you know, whatever political system that pigeonholing somebody just makes things a little bit clearer. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. And I mean, it's funny if I said to you, uh, knowing uh, knowing you fairly well on a personal level, if I said to you, yeah, the Toronto Maple Leafs, right? Toronto Maple Leafs, they're a great, great hockey club this year. Depending on how they played last night, you might come up to me and say, oh my gosh, yeah, eight nothing win. Boy, they, you know, they really showed it off, uh, showed off their offensive skills and look how great they are defensively. They shut down a team and everything's great. But then if they were up three nothing and lost five three, then the first thing you say, their defense is terrible and they're a bunch of idiots and they can't figure anything out. And that, that's an opinion that that for a lot of us, depending on the topic, for yours, it might be the Toronto Maple Leafs or the Toronto Blue Jays or whatever. People's opinions are so easily swayed one way or the other because despite the fact that we want a logical argument, our emotion creates bias on everything all the time, right? And then we switch back and forth sometimes on an argument. It's almost kind of like, these are my convictions and principles, unless you don't like them, in which case I have others, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well said. It's very clear to me that something that you're bringing to What's That Noise is a reminder that we're not always going to find those answers. I alluded to this earlier as something that I'm realizing the more as I age. Mm -hmm. I'm less convinced about what it is that I believe in the more that I learn because I always feel as though there's something missing. There's mm -hmm. partial perspective inside of me and it will always remain partial. It will always remain privileged as well because I'm a white man in a super, super conservative city. Yeah. London, Ontario happens to be the city where the first mosque in Canada was built. Mm -hmm. And yet most people consider London to be the most conservative city in the country. And I grew up with these kinds of tensions. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until, you know, my, oh goodness, my mid twenties, which I'm not afraid to admit that I started learning the value of becoming self-aware. Right. And I think this sort of uh, leads me to the first of two objectives that I would love to pursue with you in this show. And the first one is a show about noise that reminds us that there will always be confusion. Yeah. That there will always be uncertainty. And with that, an offshoot of different definitions of noise. Like when I when I look at the definition 
of noise on Google, it almost always produces the same thing. Yeah. It's a medical it's a medical definition. Mm -hmm. If you are confused, it's because your body is not well or your mind is not well. It's your inability to focus through your eyes. It's your inability to listen because you're impaired through alcohol or perhaps you have brain damage. Mm -hmm. It's fascinating to me yeah. that the definition of confusion starts with you know medical impairment. Mm -hmm. I think other people out there are going to think about noise a little bit differently, like static on a TV or hiss in a signal. Yeah. Well, but, and, and what an interesting point that you brought up just about, um, you, you know, people raised in a conservative city. And, and again, that's not a negative thing. Uh, you, you and I have, have kind of uh, said, you know, there's there's extremes on either side, extreme liberalism, extreme conservatism. And you and I have talked about how detrimental all of that is. But again, we have all these emotional bias that, that come, come in and that causes a lot of difficulty for for empathizing and i think i think you brought up a a wonderful point just uh talking about how because we have our core values based on so so much and you know uh um you, you learn about uh, i think it's vygotsky's social theory and and things along those lines where it's built up from so many uh, so, so much of our our past experiences and things like that, I think that you run into a problem of recognizing that it's impossible for you to fully understand somebody else's perspective. And then you sit there and say, okay, well, if you can't understand it, at least accept it. And then that's where it begins tricky because yeah. you wholeheartedly believe, no, 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 they're wrong. Like they're <laughs> wrong, right? And and but but right. what a great example as well of of privilege, right? Here I am, a heterosexual white male, married, grew up in a, a relatively you know middle class family. Um, both of my parents had secure jobs, and I. The only real battle that I've ever had is with myself, right? I've, I've never had a system oppressing me. I've never had a group of people tell me, well, no, that's not for you. So it's difficult for me to fully empathize with somebody that would be, for example, friends of mine. Um, uh, uh, I met a gentleman, check out this uh, native name, by the way, Blue Thunderbird awesome uh a buddy of mine blue thunderbird telling me about what his upbringing was like on on the uh on the reserve and telling me yeah no no we just couldn't do that well why couldn't you do that well because we were native and people told us we weren't allowed to and i'm like well i i couldn't understand that because emotionally that changes your trajectory for for the rest of your life being told because of who you are, you can't do that. Where I was told the exact opposite, because of who I am, I can succeed, right? And and so it's very difficult to even empathize when you're coming from a place of privilege because we've never had that have not the same way, right? This is exactly what I was talking about with the, the goals of the show. As it becomes clearer now that you and I are doing this together, and, and you and I have been talking about this for quite a, quite some time since I reached out to you in September. Yeah. We, we had a, a, a very difficult and direct candid set of conversations about noise mm -hmm. and i i saw a lot of these themes come out what's that noise as a reminder that we we're only going to know so much that we're only going to be able to contribute so much mm -hmm. but then also being able to talk to other people mm -hmm. about the confusions and the distractions and the interruptions and the indiscernibilities the uncertainties that they encounter whether as people or as professionals and this is something that I really, really look forward to doing in interviewing other people. Let's talk to them about what confuses them. And I think 
the people that you you and I have discussed, uh, a lot of well, ninety nine point nine percent would be friends of yours and contacts who research an area specifically are getting paid to be the lead researchers in a particular area and are still saying, yeah, no, we're researching this because it's still a huge source of confusion. We don't get it. We've done 25 years of research and we still don't really understand the fundamentals of, yeah. of what's going on, right? Do you, do you think a lot of our conversations, do you think that they'll be ending in, okay, and that's that, that's a wrap. We now know everything. Or do you think that most of the time we should be preparing the listeners to say, yeah, sorry in advance, because this is going to mess you up for a week. That's a really great question. It, it entirely depends upon the attitude yeah. of the people that we talk to. G give, give, it a, give it a split, a 50-50 split, 60-40 split hey, resolution, yeah. leave, you, leave you uncomfortable. Well, what I can say for sure is that if we talk to critical social theorists <laughs> like me, there's probably going to be a propensity to be self-aware and reflexive and say, well, you know, we can only know so much. So, I mean, obviously... I'm going to want to talk to those people to validate the basic premise of the show. That, right. You know, partial perspective is important. Yeah. And when we're trying to explore noise or as the wonderful Christy Lee, the host of Canadian True Crime, you can hear her voice at the beginning of the podcast. This show explores matters of confusion and clarity, however and whatever that means. Ah, that's perfect. I love that. Yeah. It's it's very intentional that we're not looking for resolution. We're looking to talk to people about their struggles. We're looking to talk to professionals, to career people, artists, advocates, bus drivers, about the things that really make them scratch their heads. And it doesn't have to be anecdotal. It doesn't have to be about them. So I, to answer your question in a long roundabout way, I'll... I think people can expect that a lot of these interviews are going to make the interview or potentially or the interviewee, I should say, it's going to make them a bit vulnerable. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be about them, though. Yeah. It can also be about confusion and noise in their discipline mm -hmm. or their professional line of work. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's something that's happening in their field that is weird and they just want to get it off their chest a little mm -hmm. bit. So that's that's a specific direction that I want to take this show in. But I said that there was a second one here. Yeah. This is where things get a little bit more selfish, I should say. Because the way I studied noise was through philosophy in right. my doctorate. And I explored privacy through the philosophy of noise. And the reason why I did that, Al, was because I realized that the mechanisms that try to grab access to data and information, like surveillance machines, and the same machines that try to protect that information, the stop surveillance machines from getting access to your health data, for example, on your vaccine passport, they're all about creating noise to prevent access, create distractions to stop people from looking at something. Mm. Let me give you a more down to earth I was just example. gonna say, give me, give me a little bit more. Why do you wear sunglasses outside? So the sun doesn't blind me. When else would you wanna wear sunglasses outside? If I was hiding a black eye? <laughs> That's pretty legitimate. Yeah. I've never yeah. had to punch you, and I hope right. that I never have to. Have you ever been punched in the eye? Uh, I used to box a lot, so yes, oh, so many yeah, times. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's and one so, of the reasons I forget where I am for t sometimes. <laughs> why yeah. would you want to hide a black eye, though? Oh, I guess, what an interesting question. I guess, personally, I, I don't want to have to explain why I have a black eye to everybody I meet, right? Or, I, you know, you go to somebody's make you vulnerable. House. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are also times when we feel vulnerable without a black eye and wearing sunglasses gives us a little bit of privacy. Ah, interesting. What sunglasses do that are so interesting, like blinds in your windows, is it interrupts gaze. 
that obfuscates what people are looking at. And that affords you the ability to feel a little bit more comfortable in an open place. But there are also mechanisms that intentionally introduce obfuscation. There are mechanisms that intentionally introduce confusion to deliberately mislead people that are meant to make you stop understanding something. And that, to me, is political. Mm. Noise can be very, very political. The best example that I can think of is four years of hellish presidency from the Trump administration. Okay. Fake news, left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. The war on science. Mm -hmm. The war on information. Mm -hmm. That has really motivated me to rethink how to do this show differently. Interesting. And, and I, I mean, of course... Uh, let me play devil's advocate here, Tom. <laughs> I didn't think this was going to happen in the first, first episode. First episode, man. Fine, I'm nailing do you. it. Here we go. God. There are a lot of people that still look at what Donald Trump did and said, good, it was about time. Do I have to answer this? Well, it's not a question. That was more of a statement. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, but. Th That's there are, I don't want to deal but, with. But there, but there are, but there are, and, and I, but I think it's important. And not only are 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 people, and I, I don't say it's important in the way that I support anything that that he's said or done or anything along those lines. I say it simply as somebody looking down at the United States at what happened when Donald Trump was president and the things that uh, that he said and the reaction and uh, that. Um, I mean, almost that that visceral hatred that grew as a. a, a not not just as his presidency, but in the run up to his presidency, and um, how how much it changed all of politics, being the way politics was played. You you had quite literally a totally different way of running for presidency, a totally different way of choosing leaders, and you still have a lot of hatred down in the United States. You still have a lot of polarization in the United States. But most importantly, that I think needs to be observed is you still have a lot of support for somebody who, whether whether or not he did it intentionally or unintentionally, Donald Trump has a lot of supporters that still would say, I'd vote for uh, again for him in a heartbeat. Noise can be very effective at making people angry. And this kind of goes back to that medical definition that I was talking about, the thing you tend to see when you look up the definition of noise. On right, right. When you are impaired enough, when you are confused enough, you can become very agitated. Something that the Trump administration did, I suppose you some would call effectively, is to challenge the foundation of the majority of sources of of, of solid fact as possible. Right. Challenge reliable journalism. Challenge reliable science. Challenge reliable social science mm -hmm. and to do it as aggressively as possible mm -hmm. and if you're ever cornered just tell the person who's cornering you that they're they're full of poop right tell them that they're on a political quest and that they're lying mm -hmm. that whoever is providing them their information the trump administration really was a war on, of noise against rationality and so what i see it happening in that administration over time is this kind of weaponization of noise, mm -hmm. which makes it, of course, very, very political. This is part of the reason why I wanted to have this kind of second prong to the show. I want to talk to people about things that confuse them, 
or introduce confusion or uncertainty or ambiguity, indiscernibility, interruption, uh, whether it's uh, accidental or otherwise. But I'm also interested in finding out from the people that we talk to how and whether the cause or the catalyst of noise is because of some sort of politics. Mm. Because Trump isn't gone, man. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that really bothers me the most about this administration. He might be out of office, but the persistence of populism, the persistence of the war against science is rampant, even in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so I'm curious what's going to happen. Sure. When we talk to people like Dylan Mahmoudi and Brenda McPhail and Angela Orash, who will be coming up on the show soon, and I know they've encountered things right. that have caused a lot of confusion for them or yeah. have introduced confusion on their fields. And I'm curious if it's just because of like their anecdote or, you know, there's just a lack of scientific consensus or prof professional consensus, or it's because they're encountering institutions or people or theories that are kind of weaponized with noise yeah. to just constantly rip apart the basic foundations <laughs> of fact. And so if basically here, this is the new branding for the for the show here, the most uncomfortable podcast in the world. <laughs> we are like the Ben Stiller of pod podcasts. People are just like, you know how Ben Stiller does that character? You're just kind of like, don't do that. Come on, that's awkward oh. and uncomfortable. We're inviting that in to your car, <laughs> to your home, wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast. That's what this is about. Yeah, yeah it could be like that. Maybe we should just have really bad audio quality. And just lots of background noise. What an interesting experiment that would be is see see how many people write us a letter if we have like literally like a white noise in the background that just slowly gets louder throughout the whole. <laughs> see how long people. Yeah, it was a 45 minute podcast. I made it through 15 minutes because you were like that noise was driving me crazy in the background. Yeah, it, it might be the shortest lived social experiment yeah, ever that's right. between two white guys in London, Ontario, yeah. Canada. How did, you, but... how did you ruin the podcast, Al? <laughs> I had this idea about white noise playing in the background, and ever since then. <laughs> so then, we've got we've got a, a cool agenda laid out moving forward in this show. As Christy introduces at the beginning of the show for us, and thank you again, Christy. It's so great what to continue to have your voice on the show. What a rock star about confusion because that is closely related to noise but moving forward i want to open this up a bit and i hope you're okay with that absolutely when you look up that definition of noise you do find you know that uh, medical reference to confusion but when you keep digging through different language different sources of uh definitions of noise in other languages you get different kinds of points or related definitions Mm -hmm. Other words that come up when you look at the definition of noise, for example, in French, the derivative noise comes from nausea, from the clashing of the waves being on a boat that made you Swing. sick. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. part of the original Old English and French definitions of noise wow. was to feel sick right. on the sea. And that's why I think noise is so rich. It gives us a beautiful landscape. So I want to focus on confusion. I am interested to see if there's clarity here, yeah. but I'm also interested in thinking about noise as accidental or intentional distraction like i talked about earlier the politics sure what yeah. does it mean to use noise to mislead people right to distract from from what they're focusing on yeah i mean then you look into what what the distractions are and and why people are so distracted in, in a prime example i was at a show the other night and there was a loud noise behind us we were all facing forward but that it wasn't a, a 
grinding noise in retrospect, but it scared the bejeebers out of us because it was so unexpected, right? This idea that that uh, safety comes into expected and unexpected noise, right? I can handle noise as long as it's the band playing up there, but a big crash behind me that's quieter than the band freaks me out because that's, <laughs> that's not safe, man. That's not safe. It was my birthday recently. And happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Belated. I just turned 22. Yeah. <laughs> with, how many, about a with, with how many years of experience? <laughs> yeah. Um, a server at a restaurant, many servers had brought out a tray behind me and they slammed the tray down on the ground and it sounded like an explosion. Right. And I sat up in my chair, my heart raced, my hair stood on end. And uh, the next thing I felt was in, intense anger. Isn't that I was really right? angry. Right. For like a split second, it came right. up. That emotion was really intense because I think what it was doing, the role that it was playing, biologically speaking, was, was preparing me to fight. Right, right, right. And then they started singing Happy Birthday. And I just came <laughs> down. It was like this huge ride from, you know, being distracted intensely from my meal. Right. Being really, really, really frigging angry. Yeah. And then being like, aw, isn't we, that nice? But you know what's funny is I have a, a beautiful memory of my nephew. I think he was probably turning two. And we were at the, uh, I won't say the restaurant, but uh, they came over and they were, they started singing. And the way they did it was they'd go, happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy <laughs> birthday. And every time they did a woo, my nephew screamed bloody murder. Like oh. was petrified and scared. But again, it would have been a noise at two years old. You're yeah. not used to, right? And so there there was that fear aspect, and it's, I think. And right? so the, the noise, we're talking about it in a different context and confusion. Sure. But it's it's serving a very social role. It's right. doing something, and so that's another avenue for the show later. Absolutely. So let's focus on confusion and clarity for a while. Yeah. But then at some point, and we'll you know see how things go with our with our guests. Maybe we we find out that we're gonna have like a second theme or a second series in the show, or sure. maybe just a new chapter. Yeah. Let's say a year from now or half a year from now. Don't don't call it a new chapter. Uh, use the buzzwords. A mini series. Oh, a special focus me, on a special focus on distraction. <laughs> Then we'll have a special focus on interruption, a special focus on uncertainty or white noise or feeling sick or how noise can protect somebody just like someone with a black eye who puts sunglasses on. Does yeah. this sound all right to you? I'm perfect. I'm, I'm in. I'm in. What else am I going to do? You're going to be a, a, an awesome, gracious host just as you are, man. All right, I'm, I'm excited I'm that working with you, we can, you know, kind of wed my fas fascination, my curiosity about noise because I've been studying it for seven years and I still right. really don't understand it. Yeah. And you're going to help me make it accessible and you're, you've got that gift of the gab, man. You can really, really help me get out of my confusion <laughs> No, <laughs> to man. talk about confusion. Let's, let's prepare everybody that <laughs> more than likely you will leave the podcast with more questions than answers. You will probably, from the way that that uh, Tommy, uh, are you okay if I call you Tommy or do you Absolutely. prefer Dr. Cook? No, yeah. don't even start with that. <laughs> no, but, but Tommy and I, uh, going back when we were first having our initial discussions, we, we talked about like, should there be an end goal of clarity? And we were both very open with saying, I think that would do a huge injustice to the discussion, the topic, right? And so, yeah, uh, be prepared that there will be clarity in some issues, but your overall confusion is just going to grow. You're always going to be leaving with more questions than yeah. you started with, which I think is a hallmark of, of feeling uncomfortable, mm -hmm. but also maybe learning a little bit more. Yeah.
maybe it's a little more about how little we actually know. That's why we launched this after the holidays. <laughs> so you didn't have to go <laughs> right into the beginning you didn't of the have to year. go right into into the Christmas dinner with your family saying, <laughs> I'm just uncomfortable. You should have heard this podcast. <laughs> I I value very much the idea that we grow as human beings by learning to become comfortable mm -hmm. in discomfort. Mm -hmm in particular areas that are really, really uncomfortable. If that's like a secondary mm -hmm. takeaway, then I think we'll have done well. Yeah, But you'll have to it. let us know. So as you're listening, if you have suggestions for guests, for topics, anything of the such. New co-host when Tommy gets tired of me. <laughs> or when you get tired of me and yeah, hijack yeah. the show, which I'd be fine with because I might tired lose my Tired of being mind. the dumb one all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited about this, man. Thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this. This is going to be a wild ride, man. I'm so excited about it. It's going to be great. Thanks for joining us, guys. We're looking forward to a wonderful relaunch with a little bit of confusion along the way. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of What's That Noise? If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you have a topic or guest in mind, don't hesitate to get in touch at WTNCast. Stay tuned for bi-weekly episodes and until next time, keep listening to the noise. <laughs>